Welcome to the Satisfaction Project, your sex-positive adults-only guide to escorts with Aussie sex worker Georgie Wolf. This is episode four. I think you might be a little bit kinky, or perhaps more than a little. Spending time with an experienced pro can be a great way to explore your fantasies. This episode, I'm speaking with pro dom Mistress Tokyo and fetish escort Sai Jade and Lilith to demystify the process of arranging a paid session with a BDSM expert. How are you doing, folks? Thanks for having me on the show. Doing all right. All things considered, thanks for having us on. <laughs> thanks so much for for showing up. Like this has been a really hard week across Australia for a whole load of reasons, and for sex workers as well for a whole load of reasons. So I really appreciate your time. Um, before we get started, um, can I ask both of you to just give us a really quick intro of yourselves in case listeners haven't heard about you? So my name is Sai Jaden Lilith, and I'm a fetish escort, uh, which means I do full-service sex work as well as pro-dom work and occasional pro-sub work. I'm a content creator online, which means I make pornography, and also I make music and lots of art stuff. Yeah, um, I'm um, Mistress Tokyo, and um, I've been a pro-dom for 21 years, uh, which is a while. Um, 14 of those years have been uh, in my own dungeons, so private, uh, independent sex worker. Um, And uh, yeah, I specialise in BDSM, um, and um, I'm also a kink educator. I've been doing that for probably as long as I've been private, really, maybe 14 years. Um, And I've been able to uh, bring my uh, particular breed of kink education around Australia and also in the US, which was really great. A career highlight being um, doing kink education in New York. And uh, I'm also a performer, um, so I do a sort of a, I've created a sort of a style of aerial bondage, um, sort of like you know, aerials dash suspension bondage um, with uh, my co-performer. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's basically me. I'm also a student these days too. I'm doing a double degree in psychology and counselling. So um, it's really interesting to bring that new lens and also an academic lens to uh, everything else that I do with my life. I love people that do like 50 things at once. You're both fantastic. And I'm super excited to speak to both of you. Oh, my goodness. Anytime, like seriously. Of course, my pleasure. Before we actually get stuck into the questions, just a few disclaimers I have to put out there. Firstly, we don't speak for all sex workers. This is totally an opinion-only zone. Second, there's no legal advice here either. So it's your job to know your local laws and follow them. And last, remember that everyone does things their own way. No matter what we say or what advice we give, please follow your sex worker's advice. And now that we've covered that stuff, let's get into the good stuff. Um, And the first question I guess that I have for both of you is, um, what terms do you use to refer to yourself and why? I know there's a lot of different words that we use, like mistress, pro-dom, fetish escort, stuff like that. Is there a difference between all these terms and are there ones that that you feel describe you more than others? Basically, for me, you know, the terminology has always been, um, you know, mistress, dominatrix or pro-dom. Um, and, you know, um, I've, um, because I've noticed that there's a very small um, but, um, uh, you know, still present cohort in professional BDSM who, who prefer not to identify as being sex workers, which I distinctly I don't agree with that. I believe that we very much are sex workers. Uh, that I've I've started in the past, probably in the last sort of six or seven years, to call myself a sex worker who specialises in BDSM. 
um, because you know both of those things are absolutely true, and um, particularly uh, as a pro dom, I, I uh, reap the benefits of uh, you know um, partial decriminalisation in New South Wales. So I'd want to basically honour the people who've um, dug the well there and done all of the advocacy and lobbying to get us the great um, this great model of um, sex work that we have. So uh, um, and for me, I mean, I know that there is definitely that you mentioned the term uh, fetish escort. Um, so for me, like that, I don't really feel that applies to me because um, I don't provide a full service. But equally, there's also prodoms um, who would take the same name as me um, who do provide a full service. What I'm hearing from you is don't assume. If someone calls themselves a pro-dom, don't assume that they uh, don't do full service but certainly don't turn up to see a kink worker and assume that they'll give you the same services as your local escort, for example. Just ask. And what, what's your experience with this side? Do you find, because you describe yourself as a fetish escort, is that right? Yeah, like I... Because, you know, I equally promote, um, you know, my full service escort services as well as my pro-dom kink services, um, you know, and the two are definitely not mutually exclusive. It just really depends on um, the experience the client's seeking. I mean, I, I started in full service sex work and, you know, made my way over into pro-doming and kink. Um, you know, I've offered pro-sub in the past and I continue to kind of quietly do so. So basically, yeah, it's, it's, it is that thing of, um, you know, check the promotions and marketing of the particular escort you're looking at. Like on my website, it quite clearly states that, you know, I, I am an escort as well as a kink provider. Um, you know, as Tokyo said, like, you know, I don't, I don't really believe in any kind of hierarchical, um, you know, identification of this, this is sits above another or like this, the two shall never meet. Um, but yeah, generally, I guess the parlance is, you know, um, the expectation um, generally is that pro-doms don't do genital to genital contact and escorts do, but in my own experience, um, that's, that's always been very porous for me. Mm, there's, you know, uh, we don't, the rules aren't hard and fast. Everyone does get to choose, right? And I guess I feel kind of bad because we've gotten this far and I haven't actually explained what BDSM is at all, which is kind of my, totally my fault. But what, so I might just uh, pop this little extra bonus question in there. What, what, what does BDSM or what does kink mean to you when you say that you're a kink professional? Um, you know, what, uh, what is that to you? To me, I guess that means like I explore, um, alternate forms of erotic content contact to just your sensual um, vanilla heteronormative piv pi p and anything um p and anything um <laughs> Yay. And, you know uh, uh, pen penetrative erotic services basically anything that's not hetero missionary sex basically yeah um you know like kink and BDSM to me, you know, involves, yeah, a variety of practices that might not be recognised as strictly sexual but, you know, mm. end up being so, such as like bondage or, you know, using tools which are traditionally associated with punishment for pleasure, you know, moving outside of this is, this is a pleasurable sensation to this is a sensation of pain which gives me pleasure. It's good to make this distinction too because I feel like a lot of people think that 
Um, Kinko BDSM is about, you know, whips and chains is usually the standard response I get from regular people. It's not always those things. I'm kind of curious, Mistress Tokyo, do you have a particular um, approach when it comes to kink? What qualifies as kink for you and what doesn't? Yeah, well, I suppose it's, I mean, basically, uh, you know, anything to do with BDSM, bondage and discipline, domination and submission, sadomasochism, fetishes, uh, fantasies. Um, And for me, I mean, basically uh, what I do is take people on uh, cathartic ordeal journeys using different tools of BDSM to stimulate their sympathetic nervous system in ways that basically keep them within a window of tolerance um, emotionally, um, so like mood-wise, affect-based, uh, cognitively, like within their their thoughts, like they're not like this is getting beyond my control. Um, and obviously, you know, physiologically as well, um, and hold the space in a way which essentially um, the person maintains um, through the um, uh, vehicles of, um, of consent, consent structures, such as safe words um, and boundary setting, duration, intensity and manner setting, like boundaries on those things. Essentially, that person retains control over the situation um, uh, that I'm basically, um, I suppose, you know, directly orchestrating. Um, so, you know, that's, that's, that's pretty much, and, and if it does involve um, some sort of sexual peak, um, then fantastic. But that is essentially, um, you know, not actually the end game. It's, it's a, an additional side, side sort of focus, uh, which can really basically um, uh, add to the experience and really bring the um, the experience to, um, I suppose, a natural climax. And obviously, BDSM is in the sex industry. Generally, people are looking for an orgasmic peak or a climax because it's a sex industry. It's what you're booking. Um, so it's sort of been married together. Um, BDSM and, and that sort of erotic peak has been married together. And I mean, and wonderfully. Um, and wonderfully, I mean, heck, I'm not complaining. God damn. Um, so, you know, no one, no one here is complaining about that. <laughs> it's what people focus on often. Yeah. Hey, no complaints. You know, I'll have ten. I'll take ten. Um, you know, people do sometimes focus on orgasm. You know, sexual peak as being um, the end game, and that unfortunately, I think, puts can can put an artificial ceiling on. Um, on the room, on what you can experience in the room across basically, you know, um, cognition, affect, like mood, like your feelings, your thoughts, and also like um, what your body can do. And for me, BDSM, you know, runs runs the body and basically approaches the mind, mm-hmm. uh, you know, through through the heart and really can take people into altered states. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, transient hyperfrontality is one of the, I think one of the, there's been some, some studies done on mm. people in subspace and top space. So fucking and cool. I believe it's one of the, it's, it's like madcap. I'm so, as a psych student, I'm in that library looking <laughs> up all the rude things I can. 
I really love the fact that you've both reframed kink, not as an alternative sexual practice, but as a, a journey you can go on or an adventure you can have. And that adventure isn't always about sex. Sometimes it's about self-exploration or crossing boundaries in yourself and discovering new things or being in new situations or experiencing new things. That's really cool. Thanks for doing that because I think a lot of us come into kink thinking it's just going to be a way to have sex, but in a way that's a bit more interesting than standard missionary. Uh, whereas actually it's much more than that. I guess my next question here would be like, what are the advantages of paying a pro? I know a lot of people that are experimenting with kink might, uh, you know, watch some porn or they might try a few things with their partner or they might, you know, get on a hookup app and try and find someone that's kinky to experiment with. What are the advantages of actually going straight to a paid professional for this stuff if you're new to kink? I think the advantages of going to a kink professional is that you have basically someone who um, is not going to, they are basically operationalized just f to get your session done. They're not going to judge you about it. Mm. This is, so it's basically a non-judgmental space where, oh, hey, so you want to do X with Y? Cool. Okay. That's 350. You know, so it's, it's basically like there isn't like a, you know, if you take that to a partner, I mean, risky. that can destabilize a whole relationship. Especially if it's a hardcore kinker into or something socially unacceptable or tricky. It's very powerful in our in our society um, to ask what you want and actually step into that. It's really it's really difficult to do that sometimes. It's it's definitely and for people who um, you know don't necessarily have education uh, about uh, you know what they're seeking or how uh, all of these all these metrics you can sort of be across. It's additionally difficult. So the advantages of seeing a pro is that non-judgmental space, um, and um, then obviously you know you've got someone who is experienced in what you actually want to do. You are seeking an experience. And you're also seeking someone who has a communication skills to not just talk to you about what you whatever whatever the heck it is you want to do, but also basically hold the space for you um, in a way that essentially um, is you know safe, sane, consensual, and risk aware. So I mean, like we hold pretty dope spaces. I'm I must say I'm not just you know trying to blow my own horn, goddamn. But I'm just trying to say that there is a lot of emotional labour that goes into setting up and maintaining and then closing down a, spa a space like a, a play a play scene. We have the hard skills, so we have those uh, you know soft skills of communication. We have the uh, the hard skills of you know you want a hardcore caning, rock and roll, and um, then you know someone who is going to be able to hold the space if, you know, you have some divine misadventure. So if you basically like, you know, if you have some emotional misadventure when you're in the scene um, or you have like physical misadventure or if you have a trigger response and you become re-traumatized because you come from complex trauma or trauma or from a DV environment or, you know, whatever the heck or, you know, unforeseen things. So we, um, you know, basically like non-judgmental, safe across all metrics, experienced across basically hard and soft skills, um, available per hour, on the hour, and purely for money. You know? and, and heck, we're even hot. And you also probably have it, like the, the, the client would also probably have an inkling that the person was into it. I mean, if you see me in session, 
I am in that room and I am basically at peak. Like I am like, I am doing life well. This is great. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. It is totally one of my happy places. And, you know, if you want to see me doing doing bondage, like I'm I'm like, okay, I can keep on, you know, I'm against the clock all the time, you know, like I'm terrible. People know me as a person who is really bad with time because I just get in there and I don't want to leave. So, um, so you'd probably be going to someone who's like, yeah, I'm into foot fetish. Heck yes. Yeah. Heck yes. I'm into basically tying you up and basically fisting your ass. Heck yes. You know, you'd be basically seeing someone, not putting it upon your partner who'd be like, yeah, okay. I'll wear that latex dress for you. You weirdo. Um, you're not going to, you're going to go to a person who is basically which latex dress, the red, the cherry red, or do you want the transparent metallic black? Like, this sort of thing. So, you know, I'm sure there's other reasons and I might I might just throw it to to um Sajad and Lilith because I know I've been rabbiting on for a bit. So what what do you think? Oh, just speaking to before, um like having witnessed you in full flight during a session, it's been fucking inspirational and powerful. Um you know, oh, bless. Yeah. Hundred percent. You fly damn high and yeah, just like absolutely honored to, you know, have been able to witness that. Um yeah. Oh, that was heartwarming. Uh, well, I'm going to go and have a quick cry and then I'll be back. It's okay. You're allowed to cry on this podcast. It's totally, it's any, any feelings are welcome. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. That's, that's, thank you for saying that. That's really beautiful. So, you know, thank you. Aww. And back at you. Thank you. Feel the love. This is lovely. And the I'm gloves. It. Um. Well, the love and the glove, the two things, two big boxes you aren't ticked. I've got to say, um, I look, I'm, I'm into some things that my partner is not into and I, I love him. He is the most gentle, beautiful person. Uh, there are some things that I would never ask him to do because even if he managed to wrangle it in his head to get into a place where he could do those things to me, that he would not enjoy them and I wouldn't enjoy them because I'd know that he wasn't enjoying them. And this is where we, you know, we go, well, how am I going to get my needs met? Um, and we look at practical ways to do that. And seeing a pro is a wonderful way to tick the boxes that aren't being ticked by, you know, in the rest of your life. So thanks for raising that. Yeah. And speaking speaking directly to that um, in terms of seeing a BDSM professional, it can be really hard if you're um, deciding to enter into wanting to explore power exchange or particular role play or to get really deep into that space. It can be really hard to... Um, let go of that image of the person that you know and you know let that suspension of disbelief take place when they step into a different mm. role um you know i've found from you know my own personal experience as well as my clients that it's so much easier in some ways to you know when when you're playing with someone that you're not intimately familiar with to accept them in that role and to really let go of yourself um you know, where, whereas there's that entire weight of history and um, you right. know, previous experiences of that person um, <clears throat> and the whole, the whole like, I can't take you seriously when you're doing this thing is such a common thing. Um, or I'm afraid I'm going to look stupid in front of you, which means I can't fully relax. Yeah, I mean, you know, that, that said, there is like, you know, a beauty in the like, in the intimate, like sort of fumbling that, People like um, you know, long-term partners and intimate partners do together. Mm. That's beautiful and intimate, connective in itself. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and that this is by no means to disparage any of that. You know, I encourage everyone to explore with your partners if you can. Um, but yeah, um, also it can be hard, and it, this like seeing a professional is a great short circuit. Um, you know, to get around that. And going back to the development of professional skills, like you know, 
there, there is that difference between something, even if you're passionately like um, engaged in it and it's your, you know, it's something that you really enjoy, but it's not your method of putting food on the table. Like every time I've entered a professional context of any career, my skills in that particular field have improved vastly and quickly, um, you know, beyond what, um, beyond how they would have grown if I had just been doing it as a hobby, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, when something's putting food in your table, you tend to um, really You're good at yeah, it. get good at it. Um, or you stop making money. <laughs> that's right. And, you know, we see, we see a variety of clients from all walks of life. Um, so you get, you get that experience, that really broad experience that you wouldn't generally get if you were just seeking out people that, um, you know, you, you, you find um, desirable or attractive. Like you don't get that range, um, mm. you know, that, that you find personally desirable or attractive. Like, you know, um, there, there is something you know, obviously desirable, attractive, but everyone, that's what I'd seek out in my sessions and find. Um, but also, yeah, when, when you're just getting clients approaching you and someone you might not normally have um, engaged with, then you do learn something. Um, yes. You know, there's that range of experience. And, you know, this is one of the best things about sex workers in general, that you can, you can see a range of different people, you can learn a range of different things, you can learn how to vibe with different people. And I imagine um, it's similar for kink, you know, you're, the way you play, the way you do kink with different people is going to be different, the vibe is going to be different, and experimenting with that would be a big part of anyone's kink journey, I guess. Yeah, I've learned you know, just as much from like other submissives that I've seen as I have from like professionals that I've, you know, gotten education from. That's awesome. And just for people who are new to this stuff, because I'm terrible at stopping to explain things, but I will. Um, when we're talking top, bottom, submissive, dominant, usually the the top is the person who's doing the things to someone and the bottom is usually the person who's having the things done to them. And the dominant is usually the person that is in control, that has um that has more of the power in a particular situation and the submissive is usually the one that's giving up a bit of control or following directions and things like that. Did, was that a, an accurate kind of definition? That, that I, I do agree with that definition and the caveat that you can actually be a dominant bottom and a submissive oh God, top in yes. terms of service topping. Or, Hit me harder, yeah. bitch. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> those, those, are, those are like the four quadrants, right? You've got topping and bottoming domination submission and they refer to like yeah you're doing it wrong <laughs> it's not right hit me right in the asshole <laughs> left i said left can i just um can i just jump in and say another couple of like a sort of a rejoinder to a couple of things please that Lilith has said. thank you um so just basically back to the the question of like sort of um you know why would you go and seek out a professional um so i just like to say two things just quickly because i know that there are other questions we need to address um sometimes it is so much easier to step fully into whoever the heck you need to be in a bdsm context in front of someone who is a stranger there can yes. be such such um, inflection in that space, such acuity, uh, such experience in that space where you actually don't have to be, the, like you know, if you're talking about trying to go to your intimate partner for these needs or going to a kink professional, like you don't have to be that intimate partner fulfilling all of those other roles. And what actually opens mm-hmm. up is that for me, particularly as as a professional operator. I get to explore mask 
like the theatre device of the mask and the character and use that as a mirror for myself, like me, me, as opposed to Mistress Tokyo, me, quote-unquote. Um, and I actually mm-hmm. say this to my people in the room before we start. I said, use this as a device. Use your character as a device to fully step into being the slave or fully step into being a foot fetish or foot fetishist, mm-hmm. sorry, or whatever, the, or whatever the heck it is that you think you need to be. So leave your real life and your, you know, your, you know, intimate partner out in the real world with those responsibilities, with those roles, with mm-hmm. those pressures and just release yourself from that and come in here where you don't know me, I don't know you and heck, let's just basically step into where, who we are or who we want to be, who we want to explore and see where we intersect mm-hmm. and then that can be the session and the, the windfall gain from that to talking about seeing different people, different bodies, people you might not be mm-hmm. necessarily going to ever ever intersect with in your real life, um, people who you're not actually sort of like directly sexually attracted to um, and you need to sort of work beyond arousal, um, uh, basically, mm-hmm. uh, which is actually I think from a term from a Joseph Kramer. Um, what, what you have is this, you have this, the windfall gain is this experience of the ubiquity of human vulnerability and mm. the sacredness, Hot. the yeah. sacredness of that, and how special, how sacrosanct that can be. And if that's held in a way that is really like intentioned and beautiful and boundaried, um, and even that's where the spirituality comes in. And so it's almost like, I'm sorry to like basically throw this podcast mm. under a bus, but almost say like Tantra, <laughs> almost say like eye yes. staring, almost say like actually like you know, really stepping into the human experience. I mean, like, look, just book us. Just book us, you know? Seriously. If you just can just help, do it. Just do it, man. Just do it. Like, you know, 1-800-00-00. Just, if, this, is, this is my, this is the height of my experience in a professional room is that ubiquity of people their bodies, their feelings, their fears, and the things that basically we all have in common, which is more than we actually think. I love that so much. Like, you know, and I relate so hard to, you know, everything you just said then. And like, as, as vocational as this is, like, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's deeply spiritual mm. as well for me. And, and people, can be for like, people. Can, can, can overlook that in kink and BDSM. It's like, they think it's lacking in certain elements of connection, but it's it's just as if deep. not more so. And I mean, this is something I like about sex in general and casual sex in particular that you can you can step out of who other people think you are because you're meeting someone that is a stranger and then learning to reconnect on an intimate level. But it sounds like as a BDSM professional, you have so many more tools at your disposal to to actually facilitate that and to hold that space for someone who might be exploring bits of themselves that are only just being allowed to come up this is this is why it's a privilege to do what I do and this is also where you know because I have this access to people's lives that I am the only person or you know or you know if they book other sex workers I'm one of the very few people who sees them in that really ego void state really bare state and doing things that you know, they wouldn't be caught doing anywhere else, but also couldn't because that is the now and the moment and that is the embodiment which you are basically stepping into and being really present to. 
So, you know, I mean, that's that's where, that's where we talk yes. about why it's a privilege. And also um, this is where we talk about like sort of, um, you know, uh, the sacredness of sexuality and people talk about like sort of um, practices like Esther, like, you know, temple of um, uh, temple workers, people who basically, um, what I mean by that, sorry to sort of randomly segue, but, um, you know, when mm-hmm. there used to be in matriarchal times when they were basically like people who probably called like sacred prostitutes, sorry to use the P word there, but sacred sex workers or, you know, um, a temple whores or whatever you would want to call them, um, basically mm-hmm. who serve certain goddesses. And this is this is basically the space that they, you know, I posit that's the sort of space that they might have opened up for people. But, you know, I'm not an I'm not an expert yeah. on that topic and I know that there are people in the community who are. So that's but that's where my my sort of um, maybe that's a um, place of a future study for me. I mean, like, I think that's something like that we're both like really passionate about in what we do is that creation of a safe space for someone, you know, to 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 open mm-hmm. up to all of this. Like, that's deeply important to me. I know it's like deeply important to you from like our discussions. And, it's it's a mandatory part of the experience. Yeah, it's that irony of um, people feeling able to get into those deep, dark, dangerous places because they feel safe and because they know mm-hmm. they're going to be kept safe. Yeah, and it couldn't happen otherwise. Yeah, and you've both expressed that so, so, um, in such a great way. It's really awesome to dive into, like, what can we get out of this? Why is this so important for people who might be kinky and where can it take us? Um, and if someone's super excited having listened to what's possible, um, what, what kind of, what is the specific, the practical stuff they need to know about actually approaching you in terms of sending that message or finding you online and trying to arrange a session? What are the specific steps or the specific things that you'd like them to tell you when they get in touch? Yes, like getting in touch, like best advice is, you know, be polite, be concise, and full sentences are highly regarded. Um, yeah, more more information is always better but concisely carrying across that information is great like you know state your name um, whether you want an in-call or out-call a broad outline of the session you'd like date and time desired Um, i also get that sometimes it is an information gathering exercise and you're looking to um, flesh out you know what exactly it is that you're looking for and whether that's appropriate for the provider Um, so just being upfront about any and all of that like don't don't feel like we're going to laugh at you because you don't know exactly what you're talking about. Like, you know, we're like, we're professionals. This is our job. Um, you know, come, come to us uh, with your questions. Um, yeah. But also, you know, being, being aware that, um, you know, time is money and our time is precious. Uh, so yeah, that reaching at balance between providing us with the detail that we need and not, um, you know, having us have to kind of like coax it out constantly is always great like we you know i'm i'm wet for yeah. fucking details you know i i get hard when you send me like a, a a big detailed email that's that's concise and respectful and i'm just like wow awesome i want Oof. to see you i imagine a lot of people might uh, be really not used to talking about this stuff and so it might be really hard to open up and say I want this and this and this but you kind of need to learn to do that right because you can't send a message to a kink professional and go I want this thing 100% and if I don't like if I don't feel that you're going to be able to clearly communicate your needs like you know you like we're going to talk about working on that because I, I want to be sure that in session um, you know you're going to speak up if things get too hard 
you know, you're going to speak up if you feel like a sudden pain um, somewhere, which is, you know, it's important or kink. But when you're doing like hardcore bondage, like we both do, um, you know, just just picking up on anything that might be, you know, feeling untoward at any point is so important, um, you know, and not just physically, but emotionally as well. If something's starting to feel challenging, it's if, you, if you're starting to feel unsafe for any reason, you need to be able to speak up. And that's something I would stress a lot in my communications with people. So it sounds like clients who see BDSM and kink professionals actually need to have maybe even a little bit of a better um, sort of communication skills than just seeing a regular sex worker. You really need to be able to state your limits and you need to be able to say what you want. Um, in order to not only get what you want, but also to maybe to stay safe as well. Yeah, and that is that is something um, you know I see as part of the process too. Like you know, I've had clients who you know come to me at the start and they've been so painfully shy and you know finding it really challenging to vocalize what they want. But you know, over time and with gentle treatment and a lot of um, positive encouragement, sometimes involving canes and vibrators and all that sort of stuff, people get, out, do... get the doxy out. That's <laughs> Again. right. You know, Again. Posit- positive reinforcement <laughs> rewards. You know, <laughs> yeah, you ask for what you wanted, have an orgasm. That's great. That's <laughs> positive reinforcement all over. Mistress Tokyo, what's your take on this? When when a client is approaching you, in order for that session to go well, if there's someone new, what do you need from them? What, what What's the approach sure. that works well, best? I basically assume that they have read the website um, at mistresstokyo.com and they have maybe filled in the pro forma. And if they haven't filled in the pro forma, that's totally fine because in the end I'm going to give them basically the Spanish Inquisition on the phone before they even get a booking before they even get the right to give me a deposit. Um, so, um, mm-hmm. that sounds um, hot. and, uh, hot for me. Um, and I would basically, um, request them to, <laughs> um, you know, after reading the website and really being attuned to what they might want to do with me, particularly if they're completely new to kink, um, is basically, you know, call me, uh, or text me before they call and exactly as Sajan and Lilith said, basically, you know, um, a very, a, a sort of a bare bones of what they'd like to do using the certain the sort of keywords for certain um, scenes um, that, that we play to, like mistress, I want bondage, strap on, golden shout, you know, this sort of stuff. Um, and um, um, basically have a date and a time in mind. And uh, and obviously an idea of um, my rates so that um, you uh, we don't have any sort of uh, you know uncomfortable um, conversations around how much it costs um, and um, basically um, you know don't make any assumptions that uh, I'm I'm going to be um, able to see you on very short notice if I don't know you. Um, and um, obviously, you know, follow my directions around what I require and know that I am, you know, I do sort of, I'm, I'm no, I know about what I'm about. So if I, you know, request you to do a certain thing, um, non-compliance will not get you a session. So if you, um, you know, if you if if I ask a deposit, then I do mm. require one. If I ask for a longer email or you know something like that, then um, you know that this is what I want um, because what I bring, 
Yeah. So just basically know that, uh, you know, if you basically, um, you know, I was going to say get into bed with me, but if you get into the dungeon with me, um, that uh, basically there's going to be certain hoops (laughs) you need to to jump through. Um, And it's uh, also don't make any assumptions around um, pickles on the website, on the internet. I look like a scary lady. Um, You know, basically that's not by default setting particularly with, um, you know, the inflection and calibration, finely calibrated approach that I try to bring to all of my sessions. A lot of people make assumptions around, you know, because I really enjoy certain things, it's the only things that I enjoy um, or that's the only things that I cater to um, and that there can't be any sort of pleasure in a softer, lighter beginner's scene. I get that an awful lot to the point where I've actually had to tweet about it saying, hey, are you new in town? Heck, no worries. You know, basically disabusing people of the idea that um, because I'm wearing what I'm wearing or looking very stern, um, that that's basically um, the only face that I have. For me, very obviously, uh, Mm. like earlier in the podcast, I've, you know, waxed lyrical about how I like assuming different sort of um, masks and faces and that's actually an actual approach to um, a session. So, um, so yeah, and I just request people to obviously, you know, take any mm. um, uh, directions that I have around confirming an appointment and that those directions need to be followed to the letter because, you know, if you're, uh, you, you know, if you want to do the thing, then you've got to basically do what I say, even before you get in the room and get on your knees with your head on the ground in the slave position. Um, so, well, yeah. Start in the manner in which you intend to continue, that's exactly right? It. That's exactly I actually say that. Oh, my God. Um, so, um, so, yeah. And <laughs> I suppose it's like, you know, um, know that – you know, know that I am going to provide that non-judgmental space and that if, you know, like part of the process is for you to step into your own power and say, look, I actually do really want to be dressed up as a sissy and, you know, paraded around and take pictures of me and treat me like I'm, you know, um, a little, little, you know, sort of uh, soft, gentle, um, vulnerable little, little thing little sex toy for your pleasure like what? i'm i'm <laughs> wolf i'm i'm you know like that part yeah. of your process is actually to step into that power and i can provide an auspice for that you know i can basically you know and if you've got any sort of feelings of judgment of yourself then you know i also hear you because i understand that that is also part of your process so mm. you know i'm going to obviously without being a therapist um, disabuse you of any sort of ideas around um, shame that you may have about your desires mm-hmm. and uh, guilt about your actions, but also, you know, um, you know, so um, sort of refer to your dignity of risk that if you do have, you know, issues around, if you do have sort of like concerns around what you're choosing to do, then maybe just sit with that and then think about, you know, what your future actions can be. Um, around either the activities or mm. seeing a sex worker when you're actually already in an established relationship or, you know, um, or whether there's, you know, religious concern, uh, cultural concern around seeing a sex worker, um, all those sorts of things. Mm. So, and I, I can provide obviously, you know, uh, boundary uh, professional compassion uh, around those things. Um, but um, obviously the decision is yours, as I said, dignity of risk. Yeah. Yeah, we need to take responsibility for for ourselves in asking for what we want. And you've also raised a a really good point that I would love to highlight. Um, As an escort, I often find 
clients coming to me and asking me for kink things, even though I don't advertise that. Um, and often the reason they're asking, I suspect, is because they want to try this kinky stuff, but they're so intimidated by the idea of going to someone who may present as a mistress that they mm. go to regular escorts and try and get those escorts to, um, you know, to do kink stuff that they're not necessarily qualified to do. And actually, mm. uh, you know, uh, you know, I've, I've been in the kink scene since I was 19. I know that the people who are in the tight leather pants and the amazing latex and the t- giant shoes are lovely beautiful people who won't hurt giant you unless shoes. you ask them giant to. Shoes. Right? Talk to me about the giant shoes. Right. The big the big <laughs> shoes, right? And and so, uh, it's easy to be intimidated by the kink scene, but actually these these people only want to do things that you want them to do to you and it's not as scary as you think and it's better to go to a professional kink person to do to do a light spanking scene or to experiment a little bit with bondage or with role play than to go to someone who has no experience in that stuff just because they seem less scary yeah so thanks for bringing that up because that that's definitely a thing i think newcomers need to know you're not you know you're not scary monsters you're very um impressive looking um, and experienced, but also happy to to start with beginners, right? And to to be friendly and to to play at whatever level is right for that person. Definitely, I mean, the you know, I will get the same thrill out of like a really gentle spanking session that tips someone into like this amazingly um, immersed space of being able to let go, as I will from like the most hardcore bondage, like brutal caning session, um, because it is about. The, the emotions and the feelings that come back um, from that person you're playing with. It's about that bounce. And it's just as valid and it's just as fun. So you won't be judging someone because they um, they want something that might be like kink as, as compared to someone who wants something really heavy. They're both fun. We don't look down on people who are less experienced. Heck no, absolutely not. I mean, we all started somewhere at the beginning. Right. I, I just want to bring up a point as well that um, it's not like a kink escalator right there's not like this you know progression there's, 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 <laughs> it's there's, not a competition <clears throat> yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's not like you take hardcore canings therefore you've like progressed from the gentle spanking and you are leveling up it's not no, that at all like you know it's not a it, computer it, like, game yeah people people have like peaks and troughs like even even if you are into hardcore caning sometimes you just might want to be held really gently and, right. and kind of spanked lightly and put in that gentle space um and neither's you know, better or worse is also true. But yeah, absolutely. It's not better or worse and don't judge yourself for what you want. Don't feel like it's this competition to get better and harder uh, and longer and faster and all of that stuff. Oh it's God. it's a journey, you know, it's it's a beautiful space. As someone um, who has been kinky for a long time, the more hardcore than now thing really shits me because sometimes uh, I just want a really light spanking and a cuddle and that's just as valid from a kinky point of view as wanting full suspension bondage or like uh you know, piercings or, you know, anything that's considered super hardcore. So, like, yeah, whatever you like is what you like, right? Yeah, it's whatever gets you into the space that you're seeking. And everything that we use to get there is just a tool. Yeah, it's not, BDSM is not about, you know, who is the most hardcore. It's absolutely not about that. It's about striking up a a genuine connection, which is also by trust and safety, uh, and Mm. having that really, like, sort of, um, delicious feedback loop experience. You know, across like obviously yeah having having an experience and I mean I, I talked to someone about this yesterday who you know um, said oh well you know like um, 
uh, I'm probably going to, you know, I don't think that um, I, I need to have an hour. I think I need to have longer than that because, you know, um, I recommend beginners to maybe only try an hour session just in case you don't like it or you don't mm-hmm. like me or, you know, you've got to get over that initial hump of doing it for the first time. Yeah. Then you can start to relax once you know the lay of the land. And this person was saying, oh, no, I think I'm, you know, I can probably take more than most people. So, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I said, hey, cool, bro cool story bro um you know and I basically said yeah it's it's not about how hard you can go compared to other people if you're going to compare yourself you know to other people it's just like you're not going to be actually in the room yourself with just the two of us there's going to be other other people basically in the room who you don't you're that you're predicating your experience on the value of your experience Mm -hmm. of these mystical other slaves who can't take it as hard as you can Mm -hmm. and I said to this guy I said you know don't worry about those other people and I'm going to take you as far as I possibly can up to your boundary and we're going to peek over the abyss and that's that's basically where we're going to go to. So good. Thank you so much for giving us that insight into, yeah, like just the, the facets of that and what that experience can be. I really hope that's helped illuminate things for people that are considering it. Um, look, before we wrap up, would both of you mind telling listeners where they can find you and how they can get in touch if they're interested in um, exploring your services, all that sort of stuff? You can find me at fieldsoflilith.com. Uh, and that's Lilith spelt as L-I-L-L-I-T-H. Um, it's, it's got more L's than the traditional Lilith because I'm contrary. <clears throat> so, yeah, that's where you it's can aversive. find me. and. You can also find my clips at fieldsoflilithvideo.com. I make a lot of clips. There's, you can maybe get a little preview of your possible experiences there, but also know that it is porn and as authentic as I choose to you know, engage in it with, there is also an element of performativity. I so. also hear it's pretty hot. Ah, it's thank you, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> and I also now have a Patreon site, um, patreon.com web, where you can catch all of um yeah my shibari art and modeling photos and all of that stuff oh great and i'll make sure that your website and your patreon is linked from our show notes in case anyone would like to donate to say thanks for this episode or to check out your work thanks and i'm also in a vocalist and band called zed cluster we do gothic industrial music so check that out somewhere What about yourself, Mistress Tokyo? Um, where can people find you if they're interested in learning more? Yeah, um, obviously my um, my site is mistresstokyo.com um, and I have a video site um, uh, at mistresstokyovideo.com. So uh, both of those places are uh, obviously, you know, uh, you can find out about my uh, my sessions at mistresstokyo.com and uh, buy my buy my uh, my videos at mistresstokyovideo.com. And, um, you know, I'm always, um, I'm always on Twitter um, and I'm on Facebook, of course, um, and um, a little bit less on Instagram these days, but certainly do post there regularly. Uh, and, um, you know, if you were interested in um, uh, experiencing what I provide as a kink um, uh, educator, uh, I do educate at um, Oz Kink Fest in Melbourne, and that's on a yearly basis. And I've actually stepped back a little bit from um, providing workshops at my space. Um, so that's if you wanted to, um, you know, experience that facet of my work. Um, I also 
uh, with Si Jane Lilith. We also uh, do education at Sexpo as well. And Si, you've also you also have educated at OzKinkFest. I think that's correct. Yes, you've. I remember you doing that. Yes. So, yes. So you know we're all over all over the scene like Bioglitter at Mardi Gras. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and uh, I also have, I also have a. Um, um, a 20, I think it's a 22 episode um, educational series on YouTube called Working Out the Kinks, uh, which was um, pr- produced in conjunction with uh, Channel 31 in Melbourne. Uh, it's a short short segment that appeared on um, Lands TV, which is a GLBTIQA plus plus um, community TV show, which is really cool. Um, and um, that's currently on YouTube. Um, and we go across a variety of topics, including um, audience requests, if um, uh, you know, looking at any questions. Um, and I'd just like to say, though, that unfortunately, uh, despite the fact that that is not a por- pornographic um, series, um, in fact, there's absolutely no rude at all um, and no nudity or anything. It's being progressively taken down off YouTube. Fuckers. Um, because of community, commu- yeah, totes, um, what, what they said. Um, so that will um, very soon not be available on YouTube, but it'll be available on Vimeo mm. um, where I'm going to have to put it put everything because YouTube um, doesn't like um, people who are obviously talking about sex in a way, whether it's um, obviously – um, actually pornographic or not. Um, so, so that's where you can basically um, uh, find my stuff. If you do feel like um, having a chat with me, even if we're in lockdown, please do call my mobile and I can talk to you about phone sessions and FaceTime sessions that are available for lockdown people right now um, with um, obviously future in-person meets when we can actually get back uh, into the room and uh, do the things, the wonderful things that we've been talking about for the last hour. Yes, so good. Thank you. I'll make sure that all those things are linked from our show notes as well so that regardless of whether listeners are interested in workshops or um, education or arranging something, um, that they'll be able to find the right link for that or maybe just, you know, following you on Twitter because that's a thing that people like to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, just one last thing. Yes, I am starting to provide little educational snippets on my Patreon as well, so I'll be announcing them soon. Yeah, brilliant. Yep. Get all the stuff. Get all the info from the people that know because this is how we get good at kink and this is how we find out stuff. Yes, it's a a voyage of discovery. I fucking love it. Thank you so much, folks. I really appreciate your time. You're so welcome. Absolutely, anytime, and thank you for having me on the the program. And, uh, yeah, I hope this podcast is really well received. Thanks for joining us. If you want to become a real escort expert, head on over to the website, satisfactionproject.com. You can also find me on Twitter. The handle is at allaboutescorts. See you next time.